It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast, hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you, it's not me, it's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture, and we will. Let's begin with now. Hi, and welcome to episode 313 of Find Your Food Voice. My name is Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. No matter how complicated it is, we wanna help you to feel more at home in your body and at ease with food. Today's episode is an episode with Yelly Cruz, our production assistant over here at Find Your Food Voice, and she also is our resident bibliophile. And we are going to be discussing Sonia Renee Taylor's book, The Body Is Not an Apology, The Power of Radical Self-Love. I talk about in this episode how I use this, this book to shape the podcast. So I started Find Your Food Voice. Originally, it was under the name Love Food. And it was it was a successful show. You know, it was getting um, a lot of reach. And after reading Sonia's book and a few other um, conversations and consultation, I actually did a little bit of a pivot with it. And I'm really glad I did. And I was happy to share that experience and oh, so much more <laughs> as we talk about this book. And this book is not long. It's only like 120 pages, but it packs so much into it. So that's why Yelly and I highly recommend it. And we're excited to get to the conversation all about it. Before we get to my chat with Yelly Cruz, a quick word from our sponsors. Do you have a complicated relationship with food? Well, me and my team, we wanna help. If you have PCOS and are new to Find Your Food Voice, we invite you to check out a very special page on my website that's just for you. It's julieduffydillon.com slash PCOS. There you will find all the free tools to help you get started if you're just new to anti-diet or intuitive eating and you're living with PCOS. We have lots of tools, lots of blog posts and podcast episodes that are just for you. Again, go to julieduffydillon.com slash PCOS and you can get right to it. Hey, Yelly. Hi, Julie. <laughs> Good morning. Good Monday morning to you. I'm excited to talk about this month's book club book. Me too. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> I know. What a great book you chose. I love it. And of course, we're talking about The Body is Not an Apology, The Power of Radical Self-Love. And what a like what a way to celebrate Valentine's Day than radical self-love. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you a huge Valentine's Day person or no? Not really. Like it's it's always felt, and this is probably, you know, Enneagram people. I'm an Enneagram four. So I have a feeling this is part of just like my personality in a sense. Like it just feels like so cliche and like doesn't feel like authentic a lot of times, you know, it's, it, it feels very commercial. So then I have never really felt connected to it. Um, certainly I've loved getting things, <laughs> you know, I love when other people get me things, but I don't feel like this pull to, um, I don't know. It just doesn't have a lot of special meaning to me. What about you? I, yes, I like grew up in a very affectionate family. Um, my uh, parents have always been very affectionate. So aw. they have always kind of used, just taken any excuse to just like throw, oh, throw love at us. <laughs> yeah. So like growing up, my dad would always get um, me and my siblings chocolates as well as my mom's aw. gift. And like, it was kind of a family thing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely have a soft spot for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. That's so cute. Oh, I love that. Well, that's sweet. And that, it, I think it's interesting too, then, as we're talking about this, how we have different kind of connections and relationship with this this holiday. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think it's cool to think about it outside of like romantic love, but maybe about like self-love. And this book, um, like this book does so, has done so much for my understanding of like, body image and how we're interconnected. And um, so I can't wait to just peel back all the layers and get to it. So are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. Um, Let's see. Let's dive in. Um, So I wanted to start by maybe just talking about... um, So this book is written by Sonia Relay Taylor. Love Sonia. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And Sonia kind of walks us through at the beginning of a book, at the beginning of the book, pardon me, um, a little mm-hmm. bit about her own journey to finding what she calls radical self-love, um, which I guess for context in our discussion, um, Sonia is very much like a poet and a very spiritual mm-hmm. person. And even just in terms of radical self-love, um, she writes about it in a very kind of like spiritual coming to home kind of type of way that I, to be honest, will never be able to fully do justice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely another one of the, those books where we're going to chat about it. But if you want kind of the full effect, you definitely need to get it from your library or buy a copy and um, mm-hmm. read it yourself because there's so much that we're probably not even touching on. Um But something that really jumped out to me in the way that she was talking about her own process in coming to that state of just like radical self-love and trust in herself and trust that she is where she is supposed to be. And she, you know, has the ability to get to where she needs to be, um, is that a lot of it kind of fell back on like repetition. And I would even maybe call it like exposure therapy of just doing Mm. like little things over a prolonged period of time that were scary and Mm -hmm. she was not used to. So she kind of talks about this experience of slowly taking up space um, in different situations and posting pictures of herself on social media. And I thought that that was super interesting because I think that that 
is really reminiscent as well of even just like the advice that we talk about a lot on the podcast Mm -hmm. and the -hmm. advice that I hear in a lot of other um, spaces is really just that, you know, you have to expose yourself to, to fat people, to queer people, to like people of color, like curating your Instagram, I think is something that she also Mm -hmm. talks about. Um, And you, you have to kind of do the scary thing Mm-hmm. several times until it becomes not scary anymore, which is something that I talk a lot about with my therapist. So that's probably why it like jumped out to me. Um, but yeah, so I thought that it was really cool that um, her journey in that way also mm-hmm. is reflective of like a lot of people's journeys. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What did you think? I um, have gotten feedback from folks over the years about reading body image books or eating disorder recovery books or moving away from diet culture kind of books, like the, the kind of criticism people often would tell me as I was their dietitian, you know, meeting with them every week and they were in the throes of doing all the hard work. Um, the comment would always be like, I just feels inaccessible or I can't relate to it because it just seemed like there was an awareness, like an internal kind of awareness. And then poof, they were all better, you know? And, and it, it just, seemed like it was almost magical. And, um, if anything, it just promoted more shame. Like, Oh, I, I, another thing I wasn't able to do that this person was able to write in a book. Um, that's why memoirs for so many people have been not helpful. You know, And this is what I think Sonia Renee Taylor does in this book. That's different is it did feel like she explained how like it's, you got to be down into the nitty gritty and it's not an overnight process. And, um, I loved reading it because it was really accessible. Unlike some other, um, books that also have been really helpful, like fearing the black body has been a really important book for me. And it was also like one that took me a long time to read because, uh, I just, it just took, I take a long time to read period. Um, but it was just harder to like synthesize it all. But there was something about reading Sonia's work, probably because of the poetry part. Like I love metaphor and I didn't think about it as spiritual until you said that. And I was like, Oh yeah, that it, it, there's something that there's this, this kind of, um, I don't want to call it adrenaline, but there's like an energy that I would get just from reading the body is not an apology. And Um, I really liked how she really named how like self-esteem and was it, was self-esteem and something else like uh, self-worth maybe Um, one of the other self ones and how those were really something that just barely scratched the surface and really made it about the individual. And so that's why with this like first comment that you're saying about like the repetition coming back to her beliefs, you know, really finding that self-love by um, starting small and getting to the nitty gritty, like it really um, has come across as more of like, again, like more of an accessible kind of thing for a lot of folks that I've talked to. Like they're like, oh, this is actually how I can do it. And I don't know if that's what you were thinking about when you asked me that question, but that's where I went with it. I don't know what you think about that, but um, I do think it reads differently than so many other books. And that's why I highly recommend it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I also think that the way that she writes it, um, there's something almost, um, I guess, kind of cyclical in the way that she Mm -hmm. kind of touches on, like, once you 
once you have these beliefs, like once you learn about this, I guess, concept of like radical self-love and once you learn that, you know, all of this like self-hatred and like hatred of your body is really just like rooted in capitalism and the patriarchy Mm -hmm. and all of these systems Mm -hmm. and white supremacy, once you have something to come back to, then that is something that like you can fall back on. And I think that naming that also frames this journey as something that you do kind of have to like something that is cyclical, something that like, mm-hmm. it's not an end point. Like it's not mm-hmm. a box that you check off. It is something where like on some days you will have to fall back on those beliefs and realign yourself. Um, and I think that that is also something that is really valuable um, in like any sort of recovery, but especially um, in like eating disorder recovery and just in um, even just in like learning how to exist in the world that just wants to make your body feel shitty all of the time. Um, Mm -hmm. It's empowering, I think, for me at least to know that there are these like beliefs and thoughts that are greater than myself as an individual to Mm -hmm. come back to when like my individual feelings are like not feeling great. Right. Well, and it's not that you're broken. You know, that's the thing. Whenever we have these self-limiting beliefs, it's not like a self-esteem issue. And I think about when I first started working as a dietitian, um, especially working in eating disorder recovery, so much of it was helping the individual be able to like rewire their brain for their cognitive distortions um, and helping the person, which, you know, there's some things to do with that, like with like perfectionism and things like that. But really all we're doing then is helping people to rewire their brain to think that they're doing it wrong into a world that has not done any of that work, you know, and it's not setting up a person to succeed because they weren't the problem. And that's what I think really, the first time I read Sonia's book, that's the first time I really put it all together was like how she was like, no, we need to not start talking about it in this way. How like someone needs to like work on their self-esteem because she has those, this, the process called the three pieces, right? Isn't that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Where you like, you notice what's different and I can't remember the second step. Like basically it's like if you are um, talking to someone, so me as like a cisgender person and hearing um, someone who's trans talk about their experience and how I have only known cis folks. And so it's different. And so I may have um, a negative thought about someone who's trans. I'm just making up a situation, you know, but also mm-hmm. like real work, right. That I've done with my own, um, transphobia and, you know, her talking about how, like, instead of, um, closing it off, you know, really like noticing the difference and naming it and how that's like important to do, um, to get this process started. Um, it just is in itself radical, especially in the eating disorder recovery world. Um, and I, now I want to look up the other pieces because I know I highlighted them. Yes. I did. Thank you, Pastor Julie. The three <laughs> pieces, and she calls peace, P-E-A-C-E. So um, make peace with not understanding. So I guess I just remembered it differently. Um, no, because the second one is make peace with difference. <laughs> I was in the wrong order. Please <laughs> forgive me. And then make peace with your body, which the reason why I highlighted it, and so you can, I can even put the little square, you can see there. 
<laughs> Nobody else can see it, but you, Yelly. Um, but the the reason why for me it was like earth shattering is because, you know, her first thing was like, you don't have to understand. It's okay to not understand it. And it's okay if you're different and then make peace with your body. Like that, the, the way that as a clinician I was trained was to do the opposite. Like make peace with your body. Like just fix it, damn it. <laughs> I mean, hopefully no one said it that way, but it was all inter- internal instead of like, open up your eyes to everything um, else and notice what you don't understand, you know, and just be curious about it. Um, and yeah, like, I love how you added that word for me, that spiritual kind of connection to it. No wonder it's so impactful. You know, it, it's bigger than cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. This touches on a question that I wanted to ask you specifically, which you already mm-hmm. kind of talked about, but if there's any other thoughts that come to mind, I was super curious because you've talked a lot in the po- on the podcast previously and just mm-hmm. in working with people about how um, the idea of like community and the idea that mm-hmm. in doing your own recovery work and in doing your own, um, I guess, self-healing, you also then help your community and help your mm-hmm. community heal and how it is kind of outside of yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm like super curious to know because you always cite this book as kind of the like initial <laughs> spark of that for you. Yes. Like what that, what that looked like for you to like incorporate that into your practice or just to kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, how that expanded on your, your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I can't remember when I was talking about this. I don't know if it was in the last podcast, but, or if it was when I was on live (laughs) on a TikTok, but like, I was just reminiscing on how this kind of all came together from reading The Body is Not an Apology. And while you were just asking me that question, I was listening, but I was also looking to see when this was first published to kind of have a timestamp because I knew it was after Love Food was starting. Um, But you, if you listen to Love Food as it became Find Your Food Voice, in the middle there, there was a change because it was very much a show about connecting to the letter and helping the letter writer to make some changes. And after reading this book and also doing some supervision with folks who didn't look like me, you know, it was really like starting to understand what was blocking me based on my own lived experience. But like, that's when the show started to have a different kind of focus intentionally. Um, And I was basically like a work in progress. And something that I had noticed, you know, doing one-on-one work for so many years now, um, and I did it in this really small town. You know, I live in a, a and my town only has probably 300,000 people in it. And maybe that's not small to everybody, For but for me, that's pretty small. And so when I, I noticed, um, especially in the beginning of my career, I didn't, there weren't a lot of people to choose to work with as a dietitian. Like I was one of very few. And so I saw lots of people in my community. And I noticed when one client would go to the doctor and advocate for themselves or speak up in their classroom to a teacher. Other clients who didn't know my other client would benefit from it. Um, Because again, I was in this small town, uh, you know, 
people that I would work with would be in the same class at school, but not know they were both seeing me, you know, like things like that would happen or they went to the same doctors. And so I would see people benefiting and I was like, holy shit, this is powerful because if you are experiencing oppression for whatever reason, you shouldn't have to speak up. And that's the way change has happened. Um, So when people are able to do it, it's helping not only themselves, but it's helping all these other people that I'm working with. And I didn't really have a way to capture it. And when I was reading Sonia's book, I was like, this is what she's talking about. And um, I was already starting to appreciate like how individualistic my approach was, you know, that's what I was kind of coming to. And I was like, this, this needs to change. And I really appreciate the body is not an apology for helping me to kind of like look a little bit in a different direction, you know? And so for you, the listener, you're already benefiting from other people who have done some of this work or who have spoken up, even if you didn't know it, they've been speaking up on your behalf. And then when you, when you yourself do have a chance to advocate, you're helping all these other people too, and how we're all interconnected um, someone I get a lot of supervision from, um, and who's been on the podcast, her name's, uh, Deb Benfield. Um, she talks a lot about interconnectedness and, um, the thing about this book is it really in a very poetic and now spiritual way really <laughs> helped my brain to get that. So, so yeah, it's a, it's been a big deal for me. And, um, I don't know if you got the same thing from that, but like that, yeah, it's, been a big, it's been a game changer, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Well, even I love what you said about like, even if you don't know it, there are people who have been speaking out for you, even if Mm -hmm. indirectly, like that's such a lovely thing to fall back on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, you know, if you, the listener are in the throes of like a really hard spot in your recovery to know that there are other people doing that, like how it's, it's important, especially with eating disorders, they are, they demand so much um, self-thought. And like, um, I mean this in a very kind way, but I know it can come across as not kind, but I like, an eating disorder demands a person to be like self-absorbed, you know, just, it's really distracting to be focusing on food and body and all the things that come with all of that. And so thinking about the interconnectedness and how like radical self-love in the way that Sonia talks about how it can help us to like look outside of ourselves and how like that is um, oftentimes what people would want, you know, is to like make it bigger than just you. So you're not alone. And every time you do this for yourself, you're helping someone else. So it has even more reach, more impact. It's like, it's not as like cellular, you know, it's like, it actually has this really cool ripple effect and, um, you know, doing the small things like changing your Instagram feed or radically just wearing what you want to wear. I don't know, like doing things like that, how it really has this bigger impact than we can even imagine. So mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. fucking kick-ass and what a great like catalyst for recovery, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. it's super kick-ass. I also think that it's really cool because, um, thinking about that interconnectedness, I feel like typically, I guess, kind of like the path to like radical self-love or maybe just like body uh, liberation is you Mm -hmm. like make peace with your own body and Mm -hmm. then you take it outwards. 
But I would even say that like, sometimes it works the other way around. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. you learn about all of these injustices and Mm -hmm. you fight to make the world better for others. And Mm -hmm. in that way, you eventually learn to make peace with yourself. Because I think that, Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, for a lot of people, it's a lot harder um, to love yourself than it is to love others um, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And so in that way, um, that interconnectedness really does still come back to you as an individual. And it does Mm -hmm. kind of like Mm -hmm. travel both ways, which is really cool as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I feel like that's the, that's a a negative side of traditional like eating disorder treatment is to like start with yourself, start with your own um, relationship with your body and then work your way out. And, um, you know, that's, that's not going to, this is not going to do it. (laughs) And maybe it's helped a couple people, but I think for most people having that expanded kind of view is going to help make recovery more sustainable, like more long-term. And again, it's like helping to frame it as like, you know, you and I as individuals, we're not broken. It's the system that has made us like have these like feelings about our body. And, um, so yeah, I, I love that so much. And, um, something that it reminded me of too, um, you know, as we're talking about this is Sonia talks a lot about giving people advice and that, how that helped her to like come to these kind of different concepts, even the name of the book, the body is not an apology, how it started as her talking to someone. Um, I, I think they were going to like a poetry slam contest or something. Mm-hmm. And there was someone on her team that was helping her who was experiencing some crisis and um, going through like this person had a disability and was talking about like just having to say sorry all the time and how Sonia was like, telling, you know, this person, your body's not an apology and how that was just like so heavy. Um, and it personally, when I was reading through that part, um, you know, I have a 14 year old daughter and something that was heartbreaking for me to hear was when she was probably four or five, I started to hear how often she would apologize. And I was like, why, why, why are you apologizing? And she said, I don't know. I'm like, and we kind of had this joke um, that every time she'd say she was sorry and that she didn't need to, she had to give me a dollar, which like, <laughs> it's, it's all like fi- figurative. You know, we have this huge jar now that has nothing in it, but we have lots of dollars in there. <laughs> um, but it is, it just blows my mind how, especially for those of us who are socialized as girls and women, like how we are trained to like say sorry about everything and to take up less space and take and um, in every, like not even just our body, but also like in our laughter and our voice and the impact we have. And um, I also think about like, as um, those of us who are in heterosexual couples and um, the wife versus husband, how we're like, oh, we can do less with more. Like, coupon cutting. I don't know if you've ever like um, heard about even connecting it to that, that realm and how that is such a big part of how we see ourselves. It's like, let's do, let's take as little space as possible. Let's say, sorry, when we go over a teeny bit and um, how that really, again, it's not about us doing us wrong, but we're just taking in all this shit. Um, 
And I, the reason I brought this up, I'm like, why did I start talking about this? Is because I wrote down on my notes here, when you give advice, you're giving it to yourself. And I, I wrote that down because mm-hmm. when I was in my counseling training, that's what I often heard in supervision is like, because I would be like, why, why am I giving this advice? And my supervisor would often say, when you're giving advice to someone, you're giving it to yourself. And I'm like, my mind always gets blown about that because I'm like, why am I why am I doing this work? You know, why am I, why am I helping people with body image? I'm like, I mean, really, I mean, I benefit a lot from doing this work because I'm getting this advice constantly (laughs) that I need in order to continue to move forward. And, um, yeah, so that, that's something else that she brought up too, is like a lot of her methodology or however she would call it came up first with hearing herself give advice and like how it was like earth shattering. So that was a long way to go through that answer. But, you know, this, this book does bring up a lot of substance. <laughs> yes, for yes. sure. I'm still reeling from when you give advice, you're giving it to yourself. Oh my God. <laughs> like it, so whenever you give advice now, it'll be so loud, Yelly. You're like, yeah. here, and you're like <laughs> what do you think, Freud? <laughs> what is going on? Um, I'm going to hear you know, Julie's honestly, voice in my head. <laughs> no, it's Yelly's voice. It's Yelly's yeah. voice in your head. <laughs> but you know, there's like a reason probably why you and I talk about these things. Like we need it too, you know, and yeah. we are, I do think about that a lot. Um, you know, one of my primary areas that my bandwidth is devoted to is raising these two kids. And I'm like so grateful that I have these as part of my like reading these books is a part of my work because it really has benefited that part and also benefited myself as I'm going through these kind of things. So, so yeah, yeah, 100%. Even in my own, mm-hmm. um, like what, what initially kind of put me on my journey to getting here was also like being in a diet culture centered family and not wanting my sisters to be exposed to that. Like not wanting my siblings to mm-hmm. learn that and knowing that like I was going to have to be the one to break that and like take on the knowledge and like mm-hmm. spit it out at them. Um, yeah, definitely. Yes. It's so, it, it, it seems so much more accessible when we're doing it for someone else and we're benefiting ourselves at the same time. I mean, I think that brings yeah. up what Sonia is talking about. And I think about too, for many people who are listening and probably you and me as well, like we're a part of the generation that's trying to not let this go to the next generation. You know, we're trying to like break that pattern. And I know for a lot of people, they talk about feeling like themselves hold up the weight of all the intergenerational trauma from dieting and all the evil behind diet culture. And um, again, thinking about like how, when we're doing this, we're not alone, that we're all together and we're benefiting like not only your family, maybe your sisters, but also your community and maybe even bigger than that too, which I love so much. Yeah. So go us, uh, go everybody. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go read this book. Yeah. Well, I know we're starting to run out of time. Is there anything else that you had um, kind of marked for us to chat about with this book? Yeah, I wanted to touch on, um, oh, so the idea of self-acceptance is something that Sonia Renee Taylor kind of brings up and doesn't really talk about, which is fine Mm -hmm. because that just, you know, the book is not about self-acceptance. It's about Mm -hmm. uh, radical self-love. But 
I wanted to maybe touch on it a little bit more because I think mm-hmm. the way that Sonia describes it is, I think she describes it as like the the frozen pot pie of life <laughs> in the sense that like you you'll you eat you eat it if you're hungry and it does the trick but like there's so much more flavor <laughs> and, like there's so much more out there like don't um, stop there <laughs> exactly and I just wanted to like touch on the fact that yes like the ultimate goal definitely is just mm-hmm. like everything else that is out there but also like self-acceptance and like neutrality is a, mm-hmm. is is a good place to be as well. Like it's mm-hmm. it, and a valid mm-hmm. place to be. Um, which again, I don't know. I don't think that Sonia Renee Taylor would disagree. Yeah. But just because I know yes. that, like, I'm aware that if you're listening, it you might be <laughs> in that place. Um, yes. If if self acceptance is the only thing that you can muster at the moment, and all of this sounds just like an impossible task to you right now, that's also okay. That's also mm-hmm. okay. And mm-hmm. you're you're in a mm-hmm. you're in a great place and you're doing great. Um I so agree. We'll and I think, together. Right. And I think there's there's parts of the book where I can remember Sonia saying things like, where you are right now is where you are. Like kind of mm-hmm. uh, a neutrality in just that. Like when you notice that you're in that place where you're judging something, maybe the food you ate or your body that day, just noticing that. And then like for, if that's all you can do for right now, that's all you can do for right now, you know, um, in a sense that kind of radical acceptance of just like knowing where you are and that hope, I hope, I always hope that you can also take it one step further to say, I'm not doing it wrong. You know, it's not about me failing. It's that the world is fucked up. Try to always do that next step. And I think that's the radical piece of it that she's teaching us is like these systems have a plan and they're working. And every time we call it out, it's taking a little bit less of us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so even in a place of like when neutrality feels like a hard fight, which for many people, that's a, that's a hard sell, you know, when they've been trained to hate their body or to um, not accept, you know, that and neutrality will feel like, um, I'm using air quotes, like giving in, you know, it'll be like, um, that means I'm letting myself go. Um, And we could talk about how that's so wonderful, like letting yourself go, like letting go of diet, you know, rules and things like that. But if that feels so hard, to just even na- name that in the moment, you know, like that's the radical part is just like, what are, what is so scary? What's, what's so fearful and practicing naming that I got this from whatever system you want to name, whether it's mm-hmm. capitalism or racism, or, you know, wh- where did you get this? And um, maybe that's as far as you can take it. Yeah. yeah. When, when you like grow up every day, in these systems that Mm -hmm. just like want so badly for you to hate yourself. Mm -hmm. Like even just self-acceptance and neutrality is still so badass. It's still radical radical as hell. Yeah. 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 I agree. Oh, it's so much work, but yeah, remember you're not alone. We are with you. (laughs) 
I have um, one more comment that you put on um, our notes here. Um, you have on here, you are not too late or you're not late. Yeah. Tell that me was about just that. A little, that was just a little affirmation that I really liked. That It's from the book. It's a quote um, yes. that's on your wrote in the book. Um, I don't even mm-hmm. honestly remember off the top of my head the context for like where it was, but I read that uh-huh. and it was just something that like really hit me hard. And I think I'm I glad that you read it then. Yeah. yeah. You're not late. You're not late. Even yeah. that person who can't do the self-acceptance thing and neutrality feels like maybe I can do that. Um, you're not doing it wrong. You're not late. You know, there's, you're there's no race. You yeah. You're where you are. Notice where you are. Um, I love that you kept note of that because that is something maybe not in those exact words, but that concept is something that I think a lot about in my own personal life. You know, it's like, who, what, what's the race for? What's this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And depending on the type of lived experience you have and the type of body you have, like you are going to have a different set of cards from many different people, like have different types of things that you're having to um, work through and experience and different type of systems that are oppressing you. So um, not late, not late at all. Yeah. Right on time. All right, on time. So I don't know if we give it like five stars or two thumbs up, like what what should we give? The body is not an apology. Definitely five stars. <laughs> yes. It's in the like, I have like a book stack that I recommend to folks. And um, I usually will be like, if you like like a deep dive into history and um, you like lots of details, fearing the black body. If you're someone that takes a long time to read things like me and, <laughs> and maybe more spiritual, metaphorical, like poetry, the body's not an apology, gets it right where it's at. And the, even yeah. doing both, I think is wonderful. And for many people, they have started with the body is not an apology first and then gone to fearing the black body. And so for you listener, that is my recommendation to you. You know, you decide which is the best for you. But yeah, <laughs> Yelly and I both liked it. So we hope it helps you celebrate love, however you're celebrating today, and gives you some, I don't know, just some more umph behind your journey. Heck yeah. Oh, and if, um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're in our circle community, um, oh, yes. I'll be posting some cute little book club questions in the circle community at some point yes. in late March, early March, sometime in yes, March, it's I in late March. Yes. Um, and if you're, I would say too, if you're listening and you're like, what the hell is the circle community? <laughs> The Circle community is part of PCOS Power. So um, people with PCOS who are wanting to find new ways to manage their symptoms and connect with other people, we have a group as a part of the cohort and it's hosted on Circle. So yeah, and we have um, a book club in every um, cohort and this is the book we chose. So yeah, you'll be seeing some questions that Yelly has put together at the end of March. So yeah, we'll talk more in there all about it. <laughs> well, thank you, Yelly. I appreciate your time and the conversation. Thank you. See you next time. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Yelly Cruz about our experience reading The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. There's a link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out for yourself. And as we said, two thumbs up five stars. We highly recommend it. 
doing this work, not only is it going to benefit you, but us included and everyone in the community. So we appreciate you in advance. Before you go, just remember, if you are looking for more ways to help your PCOS without dieting, go to julieduffydillon.com slash PCOS and you'll get to all the different options that we have for you. If you enjoyed this episode of Find Your Food Voice, we are so, so happy. We also appreciate any support you can give, like sharing an episode, subscribing, writing a rating or review, doing any of those acts of kindness really helps the show grow. So we thank you in advance. All right, I'm going to sign off for now, but I will be back next week for another episode of Find Your Food Voice. Take care. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book feed, and Colleen Brebner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at julieduffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care.